You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Huge upsets last night in college football. Number two, Clemson going down in the Carrier Dome. Number eight, Washington State losing on the road in Cal. It sets the stage for a great slate of action later today. But before we do that, we're here at Fantasy Sports Network. We're partnered up with a great organization, DKMS. You heard Rich and I speak about it over the last month. It's a great organization that's looking to delete blood cancer and looking for donors throughout the nation. Uh, this is an, a cause that's very special to both Rich and I. We, our families have been affected by the disease, and it's just a great organization in DKMS. Joe, it gives me, you know, we have fun talking about football every Saturday throughout the season, but this gives me such a sense of pride to be affiliated with DKMS. They have a mission to delete blood cancer, to get blood donors who are able to donate and save lives. And and what we've done is we're teaming up with DKMS, with uh with uh, fantasy football games each weekend you can play for free if you win in a particular week you go into a a a pool at the end of the year with a shot to win super bowl tickets so uh tell people where they can go to uh to play the game for yeah you if you want to win super bowl tickets play a free daily fantasy game at d uh dailyrodo.com backslash dkms that's dailyrodo.com backslash dkms or you could go to roto experts.com backslash DKMS or call 844-843-6879 844-843-6879 join play and hopefully you'll be uh, going to Super Bowl uh, 52 uh, out there out today. in Minneapolis is that where it is this it's year in Minneapolis we're Super college Bowl guys you know uh, yeah, I, I don't I, pay much <laughs> attention to the NFL either but yeah, it's a I wonderful tell you, cause that's, that's insignificant where the Super Bowl is being played by that time the, the, yeah. the year's over I get depressed. Yeah, no, at that, that time we're thinking about recruiting in February, right? We're talking about signing day in February. But it's a wonderful cause. I would encourage everyone to play for free, have fun, challenge your friends, invite your friends. You're actually doing some, uh, some good while you're having a good time playing fantasy football. There's one team that we really haven't talked about much this this year. I because of say. their schedule, they haven't played Washington, any marquee games. Yeah. They have a tough ball game in Tempe a little bit later today against Arizona State and Manny Wilkins. This is a team that was 12 and two last year, was in the college football playoff and lost that game to Alabama last year, 28 to seven. But it was a lot closer than people thought. They actually jumped up on Alabama by a score seven to nothing. I mean, if they win and run the table, I mean, uh, this could be a team that gets back to the college football playoff. Washington is kind of lurking in the weeds. We haven't talked about them much because they haven't played a marquee opponent. They have sort of a soft schedule this season. Won't be playing USC during the regular season, but a ton of talent. The most physical defense in the Pac-12. I like them in the preseason. I like them even more right now, but they're vulnerable because they haven't been tested. And Arizona State has had some moments. Manny Wilkins has done a nice job in his first year as a and starter. And they're going to attack that secondary for Washington that does have three new starters. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Michigan State and Minnesota. Keep it where it is. This is Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. College football today, intriguing battle taking place in Minneapolis. It's Michigan State and Mark Antonio, fresh off their 14 to 10 victory over Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines in the Big House. Go on the road to face PJ Fleck and the Golden Gophers. Rich, you're all over Sparty here. I like Minnesota to keep this game. Why? Close and be in striking distance. I think they get the upset later today. It's a low number, but I still think Minnesota gets the win. You think there's just a letdown factor? Because Minnesota has shown me nothing in the last two games. My my reason for liking Minnesota, offensive line, five games right now, one total sack. I think if Michigan State doesn't get pressure on Connor Roeder and those quarterbacks, they'll be able to pick apart the secondary. I just like P.J. Fleck here coming off two straight losses. To me, I think he could have this team focused. I mean, this is a Minnesota team, when you look at it, that's running the football effectively and can stretch that defense vertically with flex offensive scheme. I, I just not sold on the consistency of Michigan State entering this ball game. Listen, Michigan State has more growing to do. There's no question about it. Young offensive line. They haven't been able to spring LJ Scott, the running back. That has been a concern of mine. Didn't score many points against Iowa. Didn't score many points against Michigan. Two good defenses. They have growth on offense, and I get that. And coming off of the big win over Michigan last week in Ann Arbor, now they have to go on the road to Minnesota. It is potentially a landmine game. I don't want to outthink myself here. Michigan State is getting better week after week. They're a young team. I really like where this defense is headed. I mean, Mark D'Antonio's done a great job. His teams always grind. They're always physical. You look at a Joe Bocci on the second level. Kenny Wilkes last week with nine tackles, three tackles for loss, a couple of sacks on John O'Corn. Josiah Scott on the back end, just another one of these young defensive backs from Michigan State who looks to be outplaying his uh, his high school grade or his rivals grade. Michigan State is getting better week after week and Minnesota back-to-back weekends. They lose at home against Maryland, lose last week to Purdue. Yeah, they're running the ball well and not giving up a lot of sacks, Joe, but part of the reason for that is they don't throw the ball much. They don't have balance on offense. A lack of balance against this improving Michigan State defense to me is a recipe for another game in which Michigan State gives up uh, 14 or fewer points. Well, you bring up great points about Minnesota. I, I picked this team at the start of the year at 6-6 six and six overall because of the offensive philosophy change from Tracy Clay to P.J. Fleck. They were a blue-collar team last year that pounded the rock between the tackles with Rodney Smith. Now with P.J. Fleck's offensive scheme, they don't have the type of recruits to run his system in year number one. And much to your point about Michigan State, when you look at this offense overall, Rich, they're averaging 181 uh, rushing yards on the ground, passing for over 200 with Lewerke, and defensively is where the strides have come this year. They're holding opposing offenses to 97 total 
total yards rushing there, plus one in turnover margin. They had five turnovers over Michigan last week. They won that turnover battle five to nothing and scored off those turnovers. And the other factor is third down defense, holding opposing offenses to 27% third down conversions. And Rich, through five games, they have 13 total sacks. Do you know what they had in 2016? 11 total sacks. They exceeded 2016's production already in week number six. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I, I'll throw in the fact that Minnesota is down four starters, uh, you know, both offensively and defensively. They're missing starters in their secondary. So I think P.J. Fleck and Minnesota got off to such a fast start, uh, big wins in September. I think they've slowed down. I think there's some some attrition. There's some learning that's taking place. At, listen, it's never easy to go on the road in conference. I don't think this will be an easy game. I don't think it'll be a walk in the park for Michigan State, but their ability to move the ball with Brian Lewerke, Felton Davis on the outside has begun to emerge as his favorite target. And and I'll go back to the defense, allowing 2.9 yards per carry, one of the best defenses nationally in terms of pass efficiency defense. So, you know, Connor Rhoda and that Minnesota passing game has struggled. They'll continue to struggle against Michigan State. So, you know, I don't want to outthink myself. It reminds me of last week. I really wanted to pick Washington State as one of my best <laughs> bets. It looked too good to be true. Same thing. One of the things I do first thing on Sunday is I is I project what I think the lines are going to be before breaking down games. I thought this should have been around seven or eight in terms of Michigan State laying in Minnesota. It's about half that right now. So I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be sexy. But I think this will be in the neighborhood of a 23-14 to 14 Michigan State victory. I think they continue to win, and I think they cover again this weekend. Yeah, it's not one of my better picks, but the one thing I th- look at, I like Minnesota as a home dog. I, they just play very well at home, and, and this isn't an, an, uh, an explosive offense in Michigan State. Yes, statistically they're putting up yardage, but again, again, Lewerke's consistency as a first-year starter is a concern of mine, so I like Minnesota here in this matchup. Rich does like Michigan State to dominate this ballgame by double digits. I mean, they're laying three three points i mean you can't yeah yeah i i, I don't think i, you can't I think, think five i think i'll sweat it out though I, yeah. I think it could i said 23 14 so about nine points i think i will sweat it out I'll, right. I'll be fearful of the backdoor cover for minnesota really? late in the game but i just think michigan is the superior uh, michigan state is the superior team i'll See, take the spot i'm a little different than you when i pick a favorite i'm picking a favorite that i think can dominate and i an underdog as well where you're giving yeah. me points i don't even think i need them because i'm picking a team that can win the game that's no, a fair point i feel yeah. that way about georgia Tech, I think that's a, that's a chance for them to win it outright. I don't think Michigan State is built this year to dominate opponents. You know, Mark D'Antonio talked about the youth on his offensive line. That has been a struggle. That's why we haven't seen the L.J. Scott that we expected. So I don't think Michigan State is going to dominate many teams this year. I'm going to have to sweat this one out for four quarters. Well, when you look at the offensive perspective of Michigan State this year, they are converting third down conversions, entering this ballgame against Minnesota, converting 46% of the time. So they're going to need to maintain drives on the road against Connor Rhoda and Rodney Smith in that ballgame. Another intriguing battle, possibly the most interesting game of the of the weekend, is Texas Tech and Cliff Kingsbury ranked uh, in the top 25 on the road in Morgantown. This is a West Virginia team has won three of the last five, Rich. They dominated this matchup last year in Lubbock, 48-17. to I like West Virginia here. I mean, Will Greer 
completing 63% of his passes, 16 touchdowns, three interceptions. You're talking about a Texas Tech defense allowing 299 passing yards per game. That's the difference. I like West Virginia here to dominate this ballgame. This is a classic Big 12 shootout. I, I think for college fans, just flat out entertaining. When you have Cliff Kingsbury and Dana Holgerson in the same building, I mean, you can bank on about <laughs> 75, 80 points, a ton of passes. Cliff has done a nice job this season, but much like we said, we both said last week, you know, are people a little too high on TCU? We liked, TCU, we liked West Virginia to cover that 14-point number, and they did. I sort of feel the same way about Texas Tech. Bravo to the Red Raiders, especially defensively. Better team than they were last year. Nick Shimanek, nice job. Justin Stockton is running the ball for Texas Tech. So this is a team that we expect to see in the postseason, maybe win seven, possibly eight games. But going to Morgantown, I just don't think they have. I think this defense gets exposed. Texas Tech has been living off of turnovers this year, so it'll be incumbent upon Will Greer to get the ball to Justin Crawford on the ground to get the ball. I was so impressed by his receivers last weekend, namely David Sills, great hands, former quarterback, former high-profile recruit of Lane Kiffin, had offered this kid as a quarterback when he was 13 years old. Now he's a wide receiver who I think will play on Sunday. So I I think in the Greer versus Shimanek battle, I take Will Greer at home. I, I see West Virginia in the neighborhood of like a, uh, maybe like a 47 to 35 entertaining victory. But I think we're giving a, by putting Texas Tech at number 24 nationally, I think they're getting too much credit. Well, you mentioned turnovers by Texas Tech. I mean, they're plus nine in turnover margin. They are in the top 10 of FBS. So that's a dynamic effort by Cliff Kingsbury and the crew. You look at Shimanek this year, completing 71% of his passes, over 1,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's not just a, a system quarterback. He's playing well, shows good pocket presence uh, in terms of locating his receivers downfield. I, I like his reads and progressions. I'll tell you this, the, my best pick in this game is not West Virginia. It's the over. I mean, it opened up at 80, went down to 72. Wow. Both teams cannot generate a pass rush. You look at uh, Texas Tech right now, through five games, they only have eight total sacks. You look at the flip side with West Virginia, five games Five total sacks as if both of those quarterbacks have time to pick apart those secondaries. I think points could be, I mean, I could see this game in the 60s for both teams. Why would that number go down eight points? I mean, is that a weather issue in Morgantown? That's very surprising that well, so much money is going. Last year, 48-17, you look at okay. last week against TCU. I just yeah. think the mindset yeah. overall, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a West Virginia team defensively. I mean, in the back end, they're holding opposing offenses to 224 passing yards per game. And all Texas Tech does is it's a fun and gun. To that point, quickly, one of the reasons why I also like West Virginia is I thought the defense hung relatively well against TCU. 31-24 game in Fort Worth last week. When we come back, we'll be talking to two-time Super Bowl champ and former LSU defensive tackle Leonard Marshall. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. about 30 minutes away from the start of the 12 o'clock kickoffs. Joe Lisi, Ritz, Sermonello. We're going to wait for former LSU defensive tackle and two-time Super Bowl champ Leonard Marshall to get on the line. But we were talking about Texas Tech and West Virginia. Critical battle taking place in Morgantown. I really like Will Greer here, Rich. I, I think his mobility could be a, a factor in this ball game. He's completing 63% of his passes. I mean, to me, he's a big game quarterback. And you look at this West Virginia offense rushing for over 200, passing for over 300. To me, that's the difference. And they have a better defense that forces teams to methodically work down the field. I think West Virginia gets a double-digit victory later today. I, I was a really impressed by Will Greer last week and and going back to the opener opener against Virginia Tech his first game as a Mountaineer uh, last week tough opponent at Texas uh, Christian in Fort Worth he does a really nice job he's kind of a gunslinger he's fun to watch does a good job of utilizing his receivers Uh, David Sills we talked about in the last segment Gary Jennings Karan White spreads the ball around he could be a little bit careless at times he's got kind of that uh, uh, you know that little bit of that Brett Favre disease, even like where, a little Baker Mayfield in him. Absolutely, that's a great comparison. Where he feels like you know in any situation on the move, he's going to fit it into any possible window that could lead to turnovers. And this is a game where he's going to have to be particularly cognizant of where he's putting the ball because of the takeaways that David Gibbs' defense has had for Texas Tech this season. That's what they're living off of. Texas Tech very strong on the second level. Jordan Brooks. Dakota Allen out of the junior college ranks having a fantastic season. So if Texas Tech is going to win this game in Morgantown, it's going to be turnovers in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they've done a great job up until this point. And the one thing I think when you look at when you look at this ball game as a whole for Texas Tech in the Big 12 now, I mean, over the last three years entering the season, Cliff Kingsbury was 9-18 and overall. They're 1-1, one one, so they're right at 10-19 and overall in terms of wins in the Big 12. Over the last three years now, Rich, they haven't stepped up against the better teams on their schedule. And from a physical perspective they seem to get worn out as the Big 12 schedule goes on so I think this is the more physical team on the offense and defensive lines as well and I agree with you I think West Virginia played a very good game in Fort Worth last week yeah even defensively I, I mean TCU as well as they've played this season with Kenny Hill and their backs Kyle Hicks and Darius Anderson only 31 points last week I thought West Virginia considering the opponent and the location did a good job I love the safeties of West Virginia. West Virginia is not good at the point of attack. Don't have a lot of sacks this season. You had mentioned that. Defensive line is average, but the back seven of West Virginia... 
led by Drayvon Askew Henry. Very active group. They do a nice job in run support. They're going to have to against Texas Tech because much like Washington State, before the loss last night against Cal, Washington State has diversified their offense. They've, they're getting something out of the running game. The passing game is the lead, but they're running the ball. Same thing with Texas Tech this year. They have Nick Shamanic. But they also have Justin Stockton running for 160 yards last weekend. So with a little bit of balance and more takeaways on defense, Texas Tech is a more dangerous football team. But I always like West Virginia in Morgantown, in Milan Puskar Stadium. That's a team that does a great job at home. And, and I'm just a big Will Greer fan. Do you think Greer leaves after this season for the NFL? I, think I don't think does. so. I, I think he does. Do you? I really? do, yeah. I, think I, one, I don't know about that. One and done in West Virginia. Really? Well, yeah. we'll see. That, that'll be the talking points in January and February a little bit later. But this is a Texas Tech offense that's averaging 384 passing yards per game. I'm telling you, look for points in this matchup. Last year it was 48-17, but West Virginia did win three of the last five by 13 points per game. Rich and I both like West Virginia. But I think it's a high-scoring game. Don't be shocked. Each team in the 50s or 60s in this battle. But I want to go back to that Texas A&M Florida battle. Rich and I are bucking heads. It's one of our favorite games of the day. Florida's donning these crocodile uniforms. It's camouflage. I think they're great, by the way. I heard a lot of people say that they're ugly. I think I'm all in with Florida today. I think they dominate this matchup. Did I give my score 37 to 20? Florida over Texas A&M later today. I I don't know. You might be watching film from when Steve Spurrier was the head coach because with Jim McElwain on the sidelines, he's done a good job back-to-back SEC East titles. Give him credit for that. But this offense really just has not shown growth. I mean, against a vulnerable LSU defense last week, they managed 16 points. Yes, I agree with you. I've been impressed by Malik Davis. The running game in general has done a nice job. But they don't have the complementary passing game. And the athletes on Texas A&M, Ataro Alaka, Terrell Dotson. Terrell Dotson is a name you have to keep in mind. This is a sophomore who's getting better week after week. I mentioned the numbers in one of the early segments. 16 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss. He's doing a nice job in coverage as well. Armani Watts, Joe Loves, I love as well the safety. So better speed on the defensive side of the ball for Texas A&M. I just, this is more of a what I've seen type of a pick. When I watch Texas A&M and I watch Florida, Texas A&M just looks to have better athletes. And let's not forget, it feels like a lifetime ago, but, but Florida has a lot of suspended players. We're starting to get deep into their roster. Now that we're getting into the midseason of the 2017 campaign, you have the eight or nine suspensions led by Antonio Callaway, Jordan Scarlett earlier in the year. Now you have some injuries. So that attrition, Florida's having to dig deep into their roster. I think it's going to catch up with them. I think Texas A&M has a little bit of confidence and a little bit of momentum Obviously, I'm picking them getting like three and a half. I think they win it outright. I think they could win by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I I disagree with that. Here's what I look at when I look at Florida's defense going up against Kellen Mond. They held Kyle Shermer and Danny Etling, two senior quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks, 48% completion percentage. They're going to force Kellen Mond to read coverage, make his reads and progressions, and they're going to blitz him. 
They're going to force quick throws underneath coverage, and that's where I see turnovers by this Florida defense overall. They haven't had an interception since week number two because they played veteran quarterbacks, Steven Johnson, Kyle Shermer. Uh, they haven't been able to step up against more experienced quarterbacks. Kellen Mann is still a raw quarterback. And if you look at the other factor, why is Texas A&M at sitting at four and two, reaching out to James Franklin already? I don't buy that. You, 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 know, you know who put that story out? I guarantee it. You know who put that story out? You? No, no, no not me. <laughs> I, I guarantee you this is a move from James Franklin's you, agent. I mean, that, that's all that is. I mean, do you really think that that's going to leak at this point? That's a classic <laughs> agent move where you put a story, you leak it out that A&M is kicking the tires of James Franklin. James Franklin would have no interest oh, in with Penn that. State. I, but I, 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 why would you go from Penn State? He's a Pennsylvania guy. He has that program turned around. I mean, that is turning into an absolute locomotive from a recruiting perspective. He's got one of the top recruiting classes in the country heading into 2018. He's got a top five team. He has a Heisman contender, if not a favorite, in Saquon Barkley. So there's zero chance he wants to go to Texas to face Nick Saban every year out of the SEC West. So I think that's the kind of story that an agent puts out because it kind of bumps up Franklin's salary. Maybe Penn State has to go on and tack on a couple of years onto the extension of his I contract. Agree with so, you. I agree with you yeah. there, but does it put pressure on Texas the A&M? The pressure has been there since last year. I mean, I obviously, agree. Sumlin and the Aggies, have been, they've been hearing about it. They've been feeling that pressure for the past couple of seasons. They know what they're up against. I just think, Joe, that Florida is a fading program, not on the level of Tennessee, but Florida's heading in the wrong direction. Last week was a pivot game for them. I think it was a turning point game. They're not going to win the SEC East this year. I think Texas A&M, with their mix of veterans and young players, obviously the youngest being under center with Kellen Mond, I think they have something to play for in the second half of the season. I think instead of being demoralized by the close loss to Alabama, I think they'll actually be galvanized by that. I think they take confidence into the swamp. You can keep your hideous uniforms. They're I thought dominate they were awful They're uniforms. Do- I love those uniforms. I can, I, I can see myself you know wearing a suit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would pay to see that. Can you picture Danny Werfel in that kind of a uniform? No, but that's old school Gators. This is the new school Gators. With Jim McElwain. I will say this about Florida as a whole. The public has been so wrong about this That's team. That's true. After, They're hard to figure. After the Hail Mary game, it's again, everybody jumped on them because they thought they were going to win the ball game against Kentucky. They did, but it was in dramatic fashion the following week against Vanderbilt. They didn't like the way they played, so they jumped off of them. And then the following week, oh, they'll dominate a down LSU team, and they lost, but they lost by a point. They played very well well and ran the football. That's what I look at. Offensive line continuity later in the year and against SEC opponents, they're pounding the rock over three games now. 186 against Kentucky, 218 against Vanderbilt, who's a very solid defensive front. I mean, physical blue collar I mean, you're talking about Georgia did not make Vandy look like a good front. I, not I, at all. But the, you're Vanderbilt, talking about by the Vanderbilt way, was worn out. But and I said it, they were worn out. I'm going to point. say it, Vanderbilt, you're dead to me. I will uh, not talk about the Commodores after they blew 
that game that should have been a cover against Florida. I'm you're still, still I'm you're still I haven't gotten over it. Vanderbilt, you're Commodores. Salty. You're very salty. You're dead to me right now. <laughs> well, don't say that. I put harness. Well, they're dead to me. The metaphor. Oh, I thought you metaphorically. Said I'm dead no, to Vandy is dead uh, to me. I okay. will not. Well, I Missouri's will not pick dead Vanderbilt. to me. Missouri's <laughs> dead to me, and they face the Bulldogs a little bit later today. But I, I could see the, I could see Florida dominating this matchup. It is a seven fifteen kick. I, another game that we I want to circle back to is Oregon and. and Stanford right now. A lot of pressure on Stanford because they. I guess they're sitting there thinking after last night's loss to Washington State, even though they are in USC's division overall, this is a team that can maybe make a run to possibly a Pac-12 appearance. Yeah. I think that could factor into this ballgame. I mean, I don't see Oregon coming in here tight in this ballgame. Very uh, loose. I think Stanford's feeling good right now. Considering what happened earlier in the season against USC, they've done a nice job of turning things around. They need better quarterback play, though. Well, when we come back, we'll be talking to Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci. Get his best bets for the day. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year. Much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Six minutes away from the start of the 12 o'clock games. What better way to talk 12 o'clock, 3.30 and 8 o'clock with our Game Time Decisions host, Gabe Morenci. He's live on the Celebrity Guest Line. Gabe, how are you? You ready for 12 o'clock? Yeah, I'm starting to put my final card together uh, right now. I told you guys, uh, we, we're calling the upset money line uh, special here, plus 230 on Kansas State. We've got a uh, we got a delayed kickoff, so something to consider for guys with a uh, with a bankroll that might be carrying over. So they're going to kick that football game off at 12:45 uh, Eastern time now, I believe. That's, that's a weather. That's is that a weather delay or that's got to be yeah, weather? Lightning. Oh, okay. Lightning. All right. Yeah. And you know what? The worse weather, the better for K-State, in my opinion. It sets up uh, even nicer, I think. I was—I remember I said it kind of in the last hour. I said I was hoping the weather was going to be worse there. Well, I got my wish. So, <laughs> but, hey, lightning doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be raining all day. But, yeah, so that game's been pushed back. That's official, too. I just retweeted this from the official TCU at athletic department. Kickoff now scheduled for 1145 uh, Texas time, Central time, so 1245 Eastern. Uh, so I, I brought that game up. Um, you know, I'm on. We talked about the Texas uh, game. I'm taking West Virginia and Texas Tech over the number. I'm taking the Texas Longhorns plus the points. We're going over the number in that game as well. Uh, but an early game that we didn't get to is the Michigan Wolverines. I think there's a little bit of overreaction right now uh, that Michigan suck. Michigan are terrible. Their offense can't do anything. Listen, Harbaugh is one and four against Michigan State and Ohio State, and it pains me to say it as a Michigan fan, but. You know, he doesn't win big games. Uh, you know, this goes back to the Super Bowl, which for one reason or another, they threw the ball when they were on the three-yard line over and over and over and over. 
So, you know, there's almost been a pattern. You know, Michigan has feasted and made a living. We've made our reputation in the Big Ten off of games like this. Everyone talks about that Florida streak at 30, now 31 against Kentucky. You know, Michigan has beaten Indiana 21 straight times, guys. And I don't think a kid in the second start is going to be able to solve his defense with a salty, upset Michigan team. Won't be pretty, but Michigan will win by more than more than seven and a half. But I'm getting fired up right now, guys. We've got a couple of nice plays that we're looking to, uh, to step up with. Call me crazy, man. I'm taking the LSU Tigers. You know, I didn't really know. It's up to Woo! seven points right now. Woo! It's up to seven. You yeah. are crazy. And you know what? I'm an anti-LSU guy. Not Nothing against them personally, but, you know, normally they're overvalued. I think in this spot, getting seven points on their home field, I just don't trust Auburn laying this point uh, type of points uh, on the road. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot with LSU. And I think LSU on a money line is worth a play there. Listen, you know, yeah, it's one thing to beat, uh, to beat Ole Miss. Good for you. Cal racked up uh, points on Ole Miss, too. You know, let, let's see. Let's see Sidham go in here and win against this very, very difficult defense. I think LSU are worth a sprinkle. But a game that's flown under the radar, guys, and a team that's flying under the radar, Navy. Navy. I'm looking at this Memphis team, and I was really high on Riley Ferguson, you know, as far as an NFL prospect is concerned. I don't know if he's feeling the pressure or, what you know, what, what it is behind the scenes. He's not really playing, and, you know, he's not quite in the same zone as he was last year, it seems to me. I don't think Memphis – listen, Memphis are terrible defensively. They're going to have a hard time stopping Navy's uh, attack. They're giving up, like, what, 187 on the ground. Teams, that's because teams generally he can throw on them as well. But I like a physical – football team getting points. Uh, you know, we got we got a pure physical football team in Navy. Navy have dominated this conference. Fifteen and two last seventeen football games uh, in this conference. You know, this game's kind of falling out of the radar, guys. And also the over under is seventy one points. They might be at fifty at the half. How is this game going to stay under the number? Memphis is going to score on Navy, and conversely, Navy's going to—you know—Navy's going to put points uh, up on the board. So I'm liking uh, this one, man. I'm buying in. Give me Navy in the points, and let's go over uh, the number. I'm fired up for some West Coast football tonight as well. Hey, how about them Utes? Give me the Utes uh, plus double digits. Uh, Williams, of course, is from Los Angeles. Physical football team. USC, people just, you know, you want to go broke betting on USC every week laying these big numbers, go ahead and do it. I'm not. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that the public's in love with USC every week. I'm going to take the Utah Utes plus the 13 points, and I'm going to bet on the crosstown rivals. Give me the UCLA Bruins coming out of a bye week. I love what Tate's doing at quarterback for Arizona. Look Looks like Rich Rod might actually save his job, but I like UCLA in this game. Uh, Moore is a better coach. UCLA have more talent. Give me Josh Rosen in a minus two and a half spot, and I like the over in that football game as well. Any concerns uh, from a Arizona standpoint? I was thinking about this. You know, Tate rushed for over 300 yards last week. Nobody had any tape on him though. Now there's some tape on him. Does that benefit UCLA, especially with two weeks to prepare? 
I think it does actually, because you know, and it's funny. I was talking with uh, someone I respect a lot, Dave Malinsky, and you know, we all know this, guys. Teams are breaking down tape, and all the kids, and you know, pro teams, college team, etc. So the kids are seeing the tape, but they don't because they play all the time. They don't often get an opportunity to sit down and watch the game together. And, and I'm really a big believer in this. It changes everything, you know. As opposed to all right, the coaches broke down this on tape and do this from a tactical standpoint, as opposed to the boys getting together, eating some chicken wings, and going, oh, look at this. Look what they're doing here. Look what's going on over there. I think it really does help a team to be able to kick back and watch. I've heard teams say this before. They say, yeah, we watched in the hotel together. We watched, you know, at the dorm together, etc. And, you know, we really got a feel for it together. I think that does make a difference. UCLA were pretty beat up, too. You know, they were, I don't know, they, 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 they seem to have bad luck with injuries, UCLA, especially on the defensive side of the football. They've been pretty banged up. They're getting healthier. They've got a lot of bodies back. I think the bye came at the right time for them. Listen, I'm not saying that UCLA is going to the Final Four here and playing on New Year's Day, but I'm saying they can beat Arizona tonight. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Josh Rosen breaks out, puts the pressure on Arizona's offense to match them score for score. You mentioned the injuries, Gabe. Let's talk about a game that Rich and I are both on. We like Georgia Tech. Miami has major injuries. Mark Walton, Richards, not probably going to play in this ballgame. Walton's out for the year. Richards probably won't play. How do you see that game playing out at 3.30 later today? I gotta tell you what, this this team's really impressing me uh, right now. We talk about these teams that are undefeated that start to feel the pressure. I don't know if Miami's at that point yet. I don't think they're getting the national attention and recognition where the pressure kicks in to that point uh, with the Miami Hurricanes. You mentioned the injuries, although let's be fair, they've been dealing with Walton uh, being in and out of the lineup for a while right now. I'm really impressed with the poise of Fraser and what, what, what he's doing at the quarterback position. And I got to tell you, this Berrios kid might be the best player that nobody talks about in college football. Man, what a playmaker uh, he is. Georgia Tech's tough, though, and, you know, we're coming off a post-Florida State game that was a roller coaster, fun football game. I think we're in line for a close one here. I think Miami might be feeling a little bit, you know, better than they they should. I think this Georgia Tech team uh, can can come in here and uh, keep this close. I think we got a close game. From a betting standpoint, I can't lay six and a half points here. i got to take the underdog in this game. Gabe, talk to me about Michigan State. I mean, it's one of the picks I really like today. It's one of my best bets. I understand the landmine potential coming off Michigan, going to Minnesota. Minnesota. I haven't seen anything from Minnesota over the last two weeks. They're hurting. I'm under the impression Mark D'Antonio keeps this team on the tracks. What do you think? I agree with you. And let's be real. The the best thing about the, the, the most accomplished thing that Minnesota football has ever done is they were basically um, they were basically the team that uh, coach coach on the TV show coach <laughs> you know what I mean like that's that's, that's like the, you know, that, what, you know, what's the coach history Fox. of golfer football yeah what's the what's the history of golfer well you know once there was a sitcom and Craig T Nelson sort of played our you know a fictitious coach at our school the <laughs> like screaming eagles. Yeah, exactly. That's that's generally the the gist of it. Listen, I can't I can't lie to you, Rich. Michigan State are one of these deals. Michigan State are like, you know, I I can't. I guess it's like calculus or something like that. I can't figure them out. <laughs> like I, I have a hard time reading this team, and I don't like them. Like I, I seriously don't. I just you know I'm a Michigan fan. I dislike Michigan State more than Ohio State. I really do. And they bother me. 
not just from a, like a rival standpoint. Like when I bet on Michigan State, they screw me. So I generally <laughs> ignore them. <laughs> like if I bet on them, like either way, and if I bet against them, look, I took them against Notre Dame. They got punched in the mouth in a football game. But I agree with everything that Rich stated. It's more of a play against Minnesota uh, than it is a play on Michigan State. I think Sparty do keep it rolling. A game that I want to throw out there, and a team that no one really talks about, they always get forgotten about, even though uh, they were in the playoffs last year. The Washington Huskies. You know, it seems you know, we have a, we have a uh, we love short memories at times and then long memories when we want to. We sort of handpick what we want to remember. Seems like everybody judged the Huskies after that Rutgers game, didn't we? A lot of oh, you know, they're not quite the oh, that you know, Browning kind of struggle. Their offense not quite the same. You don't know, you know, guys. They haven't scored less than uh, thirty-seven points since that game. <laughs> and if you notice, they're getting pretty uh, surly right now. Like Peterson's a great coach. This is a football team that's starting to dial it up a notch right now. And I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 when it's all said and done. I think the Huskies are going to be standing uh, once again. And I look at the total tonight at 56 and a half. This Arizona State team, they're not going to be able to stop uh, Washington. Washington's going to get into the mid-40s. You know, they can get into the 50s if they want to. And conversely, you know, Arizona State's offense can score on anybody. You know, if they played an NFL team that'd find a way of scoring 17 or 21, they'd give up 79, but <laughs> they'd find a way of putting a couple of points on the board. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at this game. I think Arizona State can get to 17 points, maybe 21 points. Listen, Washington's defense is awesome, but I really don't think Arizona State's going to be able to stop them. Total's too low at 56 and a half. Give me the over in that game. Gabe, great insight. Good luck today. We'll be talking after the show ends. We hope you enjoyed it. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. And for all the listeners, you can check out my official site, sportsrapes.org. I post my, my picks during the day and stuff like that. He'll be rambling after the show. You know that. I, I, I'll say this about Minnesota. Guys like Thomas Hamner, Billy Cockerham, Thomas Toupee, Marion Barber and Maroney will have something to say about that's that. A, well, that's a long list of When we come back, backs. we'll be rapid fire. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, this is Greg Sussman from the Roto Experts in the Morning. And, and listen, we could all use a little help sometimes. That's why I talk to three guys every single day that help me with my fantasy teams. But if you need help with your fantasy teams, and you probably do, you should purchase the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football In-Season Package, featuring weekly lineup ranks, chats with our experts every single day, and player cards for every player in the NFL, including reports from InsideInjuries.com. You cannot beat it. Don't set your lineups without checking the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge In-Season Package. Bedtime, about five minutes for the kickoff. We've both been smoking hot. I was 5-1 and one last week. Rich, 4-2. and two. Let's jump right into it. LSU is one of my best picks today. Auburn hasn't won since 1999 in Death Valley. LSU's won three of the last five by 13.3 points per game. They get a 28-24 to 24 victory later today in Death Valley. And by the way, my partner is being humble. He was 5-1 and one last week. He was 5-1 and one the previous week. So 10-2 and two against the spread the last two weeks. So I'm going to listen to Joe, but not on this pick. I like Auburn <laughs> on the road. First win in Baton Rouge since 1999. 
Big ACC game, Florida State off their loss against Miami. Go to Duke to face David Cutcliffe. Not one of my better picks. I like the Blue Devils here, but you like Florida State to dominate. Yeah, one of my best bets. Uh, What I saw last week is the maturation of James Blackman at quarterback, Cam Akers at running back. That's a tough Duke defense, as you know. But I think Florida State, gut check time, I think they win by more than a touchdown. Miami comes back home where they've defeated Georgia Tech four of the last five years by 10.5 points per game. Last two victories by the Hurricanes have been 15.5 points per game. But Rich and I both like Georgia Tech that's rushing for 369 yards on the ground. I'm calling for the upset 21-17 later today. We are in agreement. I think Gabe also liked it. All three of us like Georgia Tech. Uh, Miami coming off that emotional win. Georgia Tech coming off a bye week. Miami banged up. I think all of that leads to a yellow jacket victory. I'll take those points. Sam Darnold and the crew start fast and throttle. Utah later today. I know Gabe likes the Utes, but I think USC dominates this matchup by 20 points or more in the Coliseum. Yeah, not a best bet for me either. I I, I like USC, but just marginally, Joe, they have injuries on the offensive and defensive line. Utah, when they're a heavy underdog, tends to be very tough. I'd be careful on this game. I'll take USC, but uh, not really excited about it. We're bucking heads on this one later tonight in the Swamp. Gators, baby, 37-20 to 20 over the A&M Aggies. And listen, after they lose a second straight home game, they will retire those absolutely hideous uniforms forever. <laughs> I like Texas A&M. These are two teams heading in opposite directions. Love the defense of Texas A&M. I think they completely shut down the Florida offense. Tennessee coming out of a bye week. They've beaten uh, South Carolina, USC, three of the last five years by a total of eight points or 2.6 points per game. Defense only giving up 129 passing yards per game. Garantano gets the start. They win this ballgame by double digits later today. Joe, I can't back Tennessee right now. I think everything about that program is heading in the wrong direction, including their head coach, Butch Jones, having a hard time selling tickets to this game. I like the move to a new quarterback. I think that could provide a spark but i'm just not buying tennessee i think by next week tennessee will be your old missouri i think tennessee will be dead to you next weekend we'll see how that game plays out it is a 12 o'clock kick a game that we both like it's not one of my best picks but i like west virginia going up against texas tech in about 10 minutes i think texas tech slightly overrated at number 24 in the country i'm a big fan of will greer i think he wins the shootout by more than a field goal against nick shamanic and the and the red raiders here's one i think nebraska keeps this game very close against ohio state in memorial state I think they could be in striking distance. Look out, Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes. I disagree. I think Greg Fry, our guest, did a good job of pointing out that Ohio State is really percolating. I don't like Tanner Lee. Too many turnovers. Lay the points with the Buckeyes. I don't know what percolating means, but I'll, I'll buy into that. Michigan State, Minnesota. I like the Golden Gophers at home, but this is one of your better picks later today. I like Michigan State to continue to roll. And you like Navy over Riley Ferguson. The one thing I like Memphis here... They're coming off a, a rivalry game against Air Force. Keep in mind, Navy could be on upset alert later today. Yeah, I, I love the tempo. I think they'll control the clock for about 36 minutes uh, uh, against Memphis. For Rich Sermonello, this is Joe Lisi. Enjoy the games. Have a great weekend, everyone. 